every man wants to imagine that he's a Greek God in bed and that the woman is just constantly pleasured by him and his, you know, 30 seconds of intimacy. <laughs> but like, but like <laughs> truthfully, that's not the case. And, and so the, the realistic nature of it is that guys need to realize, well, maybe, you know, and I bring this up because I think it's important that like, maybe the woman wants something else in bed. Maybe the woman would like this in bed. Maybe you as a man would like something different in bed, but that is a communicative relationship to come around and have those conversations because it brings you together better and it helps you to just enjoy life more because you're starting to receive the things in life that you ask for. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to make a really really bold statement and tell you guys that this conversation, this episode is by far my favorite conversation I've had yet on the podcast. I know, I know I've had some really amazing guests and I love them all, but this one hits a little bit differently. I have an amazing man on my show today. He is somebody for me that truly represents what healthy masculine looks like. Like he is a brother, like a soul brother. He's married to one of my most best friends. And I have witnessed this man evolve over the past couple of years and fully, fully step into his masculine, own his gifts, support his powerhouse wife in the most beautiful ways. And I've watched their relationship grow and evolve. And as a result, I've seen her thrive and grow because of his support and willingness to hold space for her. It is one of the most beautiful relationships and it models for me what healthy masculine looks like, what healthy co-creation looks like, what conscious communication and love looks like. And I knew that I needed to have Johnny on my podcast. So my guest today is Johnny Elsasser and Johnny is a former special operations U.S. Army Ranger with four combat tours between Iraq and Afghanistan. Johnny, thank you so much for your service. He has also protected the U.S. ambassador to Iraq for five years out of Baghdad. He has since transitioned from that life and created a podcast called The Art of Masculinity, where Johnny features men from special operations to professional athletes to business moguls and self-development people alike. These men share their struggles, they share their adversities and their accomplishments and experiences along their journey as men. Johnny has also created this amazingly incredible space for men to build a tribe of like-minded men and community and really grow together in their development with his signature wild man experience. There's one coming up in April. Through this experience, men are able to bond in brotherhood, experience a once in a lifetime event with the combination of total VIP treatment and special operations melded together. It is unlike any event 
that you can go to as a man or unlike any gift that you can give to the man or the men in your life. I'm fucking obsessed with this conversation if you can't tell. So with that being said, let's dive in. Johnny, I'm so freaking excited that you are here. I feel like this is obviously long overdue. We were just talking about like, how have we not sat down and like recorded this already? But what I love and appreciate about you is how you show up in such a healthy, masculine way. Like for me in my life, you and our friend, our mutual friend, Pat, like the two of you represent what healthy masculine is in relationships, the way you relate to your women, the the way that you relate to the world. And I appreciate that about you so much. So thank you for that and for your work in the world and for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It wasn't always that way, but (laughs) it's been a, a long journey and it's still a, a work of art, as I would <laughs> say, because it's constantly trying to fight some of those demons us ma- men have in our own mentality that that kind of conflicts with life and conflicts with kind of balancing even with our respective partners. So, but I appreciate you and I appreciate that. Hmm, I'm sure we're going to dive into that. So first question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Oh man, uh, boldly courageous, courageous thing that I've done recently. Um, I think one of the things that I've done recently is, is stepping into this field of masculinity. And I've been on a couple summits for men. And to me, that's pretty courageous because you're stepping out in this light that you've never been seen in stepping out in this light as kind of an expert in the field. So people then are looking at you to give them information to help guide them or educate them. And to me, that's terrifying because at the end of the day, part of why people don't even want to start podcasts is because they're terrified of what people say about them or if they'll have the right information. So for me, that's been very boldly courageous for the past like couple months. I've had the privilege and opportunity to be on a couple of men's summits and it's been really fun, but also terrifying. Hmm. Which is so interesting, right? Because you're this like incredibly accomplished man. Like you've worked in special forces, like you're the ultimate protector. You would think that that level of assuredness and confidence would translate over into other areas of your life. But it's a perfect example of how someone can show up one way in one area of their life, but yet still have insecurities or doubts. So what was the process that you had to go through to actually own that expertise and own your truth and actually be able to stand in that confidently? Uh, That's such a good question. So for me, I think for everybody, it might be a little different, but for me, my my confidence comes with understanding the foundation of things. So one of the, what I did was I started to dive and educate myself onto some of the, the things that men are dealing with both psychologically, but also sociologically, and then also energetically. And as I started to create a, a vocabulary around that and started to create a knowledge base, it helped me to lean more into how I could support men and then relate that back to my own life. So that was a couple ways that I've done it to really step in and kind of create this foundation. It, it, it doesn't matter like 
it doesn't matter how much of that you do. There's always somebody that's going to know more than you. And you got to be humble about that. You got to understand that, you know, regardless of what you do, you're never going to be the best. I don't care what anybody says, because there's always going to be somebody right there, either better than you or right there at the top with you. So it's, it's one of those things. You just got to constantly improve yourself and gain enough confidence to put yourself out there in a different light than what you've been so comfortable in. So this brings me to like this thought around like healthy masculine versus wounded masculine, this idea that men are super competitive. So I'm going to just share with you. This is like really funny. You'll appreciate this. So I, you know that I'm dating now, like I'm on the dating apps, right? And something that um, I see a lot on one of the apps, they have like these prompts that you can answer. One of the prompts says, I'm overly competitive about. And it's so interesting to see the responses from men, but most of them, right? I'm overly competitive about everything. And it's to me, I'm like, that doesn't feel good as a female to know that I'm going to be in a relationship with a man who's literally competitive about everything, because that feels like I'm competing with my partner and there's no room for compromise or, um, or on the maybe, um, more shadow side that if my light is bright, that he's going to feel emasculated or not worthy because I'm quote unquote better than him. So can you talk a little bit, I want to dive into this idea of competition and healthy masculine versus wounded masculine, because I think that this is a really important conversation. And I think a lot of men, um, operate from this competitive place from a more wounded place of, I need to prove myself versus, a more healthy place of, I just want to be the best version of me. Oh, that's such a good perspective too, which is one of the reasons I love you. You have such great insight, but it's, it's such a great conversation around competitiveness because of the fact that men believe this to be a badge of honor. Men believe it to be this defining mechanism of, of masculinity, but in reality, competitiveness can create so much dissension within our lives and also conflict within our relationships. It isn't always positive. And this is, you know, to your point exactly is it, it leads men to emasculation when they're with boss babes, women who are just crushing life, especially in today's society where women have started to really, really excel in their own businesses, but also in professional world. Um, but then it also leads them to constantly competing with the wrong people all the time, right? Competing with the people they love in their lives and never supporting them, which is where men really struggle. We struggle with wanting to give support to other people men and women, because we're constantly competing. And more so we struggle to give support to other men. And I can tell you this from experience, because I used to not be the supporting guy, I used to be the guy that would be a, if you said, you know, oh, I just went out and did a marathon at like, you know, this amount of time, I'd be like, cool, I'm gonna go run a marathon in six months and beat your time. Hey, man, <laughs> that's great. I'm so proud of you. But I'm gonna go do that just so I can show that I'm better than you. And that's like, that it's not healthy. It's it's like, wow, like, I don't really even have an ambition to do a marathon, but I'll just go do it to sit there and compete with you, right? We're always trying to prove this level of masculinity, number one, with our other, the other men in our lives, because we're, we're taught that if they're better than us at something, then they're the dominant alpha and we're no longer the alpha. So now we have to be timid in front of them, or we have to let them lead the way and guide us because we're not the alpha, right? But then with women, it, be, it just becomes you're competing with the wrong person anyways. So for me, the thing with competition is it's very much 
like the ego, there are positive aspects to it that help us create these great things in our lives and help create the life that we choose to design. But understanding as men that that competition is really bred in us for a lot of insidious reasons, um, also based around hegemonic masculinity, which is in society as well, this domination and control that we have. But that competition needs to be angled, not at other people, but with ourselves. Like it's always, it should be a competition with us. How can I be 1% better tomorrow than I was today? How can I do something to help me improve tomorrow that I didn't do today? It should be angling that competition at developing ourselves in this, uh, you know, as you said, and as I really, really support, but in this positive masculine form, because that means that if I'm competing with myself, well, I wasn't supportive of Melissa yesterday, but I really want to be more supportive of her today. So let me challenge myself to compete in giving her acknowledgments of how much I support her. Let me do that starting tomorrow. Let me do that starting the next day. Like it's competing with yourself in these healthy ways to actually improve who you are as a person, but then also allow yourself to see where you're not showing up authentically, where you're not showing up as the man that you actually want to be. The competition becomes really more of a cover for insecurities. And you put this in there as well, but it's a lot of this childhood trauma that men haven't gone and addressed because we don't think that we have to. But it's a lot of these wounds that are coming up, these things, these protectionisms that are coming up. That's why we're competitive. We're not secure in our own masculinity. We're not confident in the man that we are. I have so many questions. This is like, you're literally speaking my language right now. It's like, um, there's a guy that I follow on, on Instagram. He makes these really awesome reels for women and dating. And he talks about like little dick energy. And I don't want to like, you know, shame any men or like, but it's true. It's like this, these men have this like competition of like, um, you know, I'm bigger, I'm better than you. And it, it, even among men, I feel like there's this sense of competition that creates a math, like emasculates each other. And, um, there's a lot of shame around, what true masculinity is. And I want to talk about that. I want to get into like, what is the art of masculinity? Cause this is what you're an expert at. And I think that there's from a female perspective and also from a male perspective, there's different, different degrees of that. Um, so I want to get into that, but before we do that, you mentioned the term alpha and I want to dive into this a little bit deeper because you know, in, um, the animal kingdom, there's alpha and there's beta, right. And supposedly in the, you know, human kingdom, like the idea of being an alpha male sounds like a badge of honor, but that's not necessarily what a woman wants or necessarily the quote unquote best. So can you talk a little bit about what it means to be an alpha male versus like a beta male? What are the characteristics and, and what are the strengths of both? Well, I think actually women do want the alpha male, but I think that our perception of what an alpha is, is wrong. And I think society has defined alphas inappropriately because society hasn't looked at it, at an alpha as a confident, authentic, healthy, masculine man. They've looked at alphas as dominating, controlling, uh, having power, having money, having these, these, all these things that can cause a lot of negativity in society. So the term of an alpha, I think has been actually misappropriated to what we picture an alpha male to be. What I like to call those men that follow that form of alpha, the common mainstream uh, media idea of an alpha, I call them peacocks. 
they're just they puff. <laughs> Yeah, they, that's that's my. They're a false. That's a, it's a false alpha. It's this facade of an alpha. They're the guys that are wearing the shirts like "back off me, bro." I'll slap you in the face. Like they're the guys that are trying to put out there like there's some fake tough guy that they're there's some fake dude that's going to sit there and be this protector. But when shit hits the fan, all of a sudden they're running and hiding or they're putting their girlfriend in front of them instead of actually being the real protector. These false alphas are based around society's misconfiguration of what an alpha is. The alpha out there, the true alphas out there, the men that are embracing healthy masculine, they are humble. They are self-deprecating. They are confident in who they are. They open up about uh, their emotions. They're vulnerable. They laugh. They cry. They're intellectual. You know, we look at the alpha these days in this really, really incorrect light. And I think that when people truly see what an alpha male is, most women would want that. It's a man who yeah. can embrace all these pieces of himself, but also embrace them appropriately in the context and in the situation in which they are appropriate to be used in. That's that's really that true alpha. Mm. So I think I think most women would want that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the I'm problem like, is, sign me up. Where is he? <laughs> Give me that. Pro- the problem is, is, is men have not been conditioned around that version of the alpha male. And the ones who are conditioned around that um, are few and far between. You know, I've, I've rubbed shoulders with a lot of these guys who, who you would never know they are the true alpha. You would never know that's the baddest dude in the room because he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't mm-hmm. care to say anything. He just cares to be present and be in the situation that he's in, knowing that he's capable of handling anything outside of that, whether it's an intellectual conversation, a physical encounter, supporting somebody with love. He knows he can handle any situation and he's confident in himself to do that. Mm, this to me, like in my body, I'm feeling like rooted. Like I feel so rooted and grounded and safe. Just even hearing you talk about that, having a physical experience of being in the presence of that man of like, Mm -hmm. I feel safe to be seen. I feel safe to be heard. I feel rooted. I feel grounded versus being in the energy of the toxic masculine or the toxic peacock, as you were saying, where I feel Mm -hmm. fight or flight. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I'm afraid I'm going to upset him. He might be a ticking time Mm -hmm. bomb. I might say something inappropriately or, you know, like hurt his feelings or, and he's going to like fly off the handle or be passive aggressive. So I I've experienced both and I can totally feel the difference in my body. So I love how you shared that. I think that's going to give a lot of people an understanding of the difference between the two. So let's talk more about this art of masculinity and how men can really tap into that because that to me sounds like a unicorn, right? Like we talk about unicorn, like Taylor's a unicorn, I'm a unicorn, our girlfriends are all unicorns, right? And I'm experiencing this now in the dating world. Like men are like, what planet are you from? And I'm like, really? Like this, this is normal to me because I surround myself with these types of people. But you know, from the feminine perspective, I'm realizing that this is rare. And to your point, from the masculine perspective, this is also rare. So let's dive into this idea of masculinity. And I'd love for you to share, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but the difference between toxic masculinity, healthy masculinity, and what are some ways that men can actually start to root into this? 
Yeah. So I think there's, there's a few different pieces here and I'll start with the first one, which is kind of this art of masculinity, something that I'm really obviously passionate about because through all the studies that I've done through, through the self-education that I'm continuing on, on masculinity and its presence in this world and how it comes up more and more, I find that masculinity does not traverse cultures. It doesn't even traverse regions within the US. Um, so when we look at masculinity, we have to understand that it is an art. It's a, it's a canvas. It's a canvas of a man's life and how he shows up in his own authenticity. That's really what masculinity is. Masculinity is embracing the values in which you believe a man should be, right? And so a lot of us have developed our foundation of masculinity off of false perceptions of masculinity. We've based it off of, you know, theories around like the normative theory and the semiotic theory. And we've started to look at, okay, well, a man is somebody like John Wayne, right? In a movie, that's a man. Well, no, that's not real. That wasn't a real environment. You can't base your masculinity off of that and think that you're going to be successful in achieving that because number one, society doesn't respond to that very well in normal situations. And number two, a lot of it is unachievable. So you've now set a goal for yourself that's unachievable in a real world environment. And you're never going to be happy because you're never going to see yourself as a man. So therefore you'll always lack confidence. And then you'll never actually be showing up as that authentic man, that positive masculine to other people. So that's where we have part of the problem is how we've created masculinity in this world and thought that it was in this box. It's not, mm. it's very much an art. I want to, I want to pause on that for a second, because this is really powerful stuff, right? This is mainstream media. This is where, like, if it's not shown to you from your parents or your father or a strong male role model in your life, then where do you look for the example of what healthy masculine is and it's pop culture and it's media and movies. And to your point, like every, all of that's unrealistic for the most part, even like watching romantic comedies, it's all based in lack and fear and manipulation and lies. Like these romantic movies are just like a disgusting example of like unhealthy relationships. So where do you go to find an example of what this grounded, rooted, confident, healthy, masculine man looks like? Where do you, where do you find the examples of that? That's a great question. And what I teach men to do, and one of the things that I've talked about a lot is men first have to understand what they value about being a man. So they have to understand what, and you put this perfectly, you said the, the, the true alpha that I was speaking about started to resonate with you physically. You started to be like, you used to, you started to feel good about hearing that man, about being in his presence. Well, that's what men have to do. They have to actually take a look at what was given to them because they didn't create it. You know, when we go back into the, the science behind your brain and how we're conditioned as human beings from zero to eight years old, really two to eight years old, we're actually in theta and in theta waves of our brain, we're highly malleable. This is why it works very well. But this is where most of our subconscious as men and masculinity is written for us. So we have to understand we were given something. We didn't, we didn't create it. So the first thing is we have to write out and look at what we were given. And we have to say, wow, I, I don't really resonate with that. That, that makes my body kind of feel 
uncomfortable. I don't really like that at all. We have to get in tune with what we were given, write it out and see how it feels with us. And then we have to start writing out those features of a man that we want to show up as, because then you start to actually write out the features of authenticity in your masculinity. You start to write out. And, and when you're honest with yourself, even the peacock is going to be like, yeah, man, I don't really feel like I need to be a one upper all the time. Like maybe I just need to, you know, listen a little more. So now listening becomes a feature to him as a man saying, wow, that's like what a, that's what a real man does is he listens. We have to start actually compiling a list of what's authentic with us in showing up as the man that we want to show up as tomorrow, the next day, and in every situation. That's the start of it because there isn't a prescription for healthy masculinity. Healthy masculinity becomes owning who we are and appreciating that person, holding their values and respecting others. That's where we can start to build our masculinity around and be supportive of this balance between the feminine and the masculine in this world. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, the balance between feminine and masculine. And this is all like, I'm like over here going, mm-hmm, yes, yes. <laughs> so good. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for a moment, Johnny, because it's clear that you are so rooted in this work because the way that you explain it is very clear. It's a, it's an interesting topic, right? And there's a lot of nuances and variables to it, but you present it in a way that's very digestible, that's very understandable, that's very malleable. And it's just a testament to your commitment to doing your own work and how, um, you know, you also have a really incredible mirror in your life. We're going to talk about relationships in a second, because, you know, we can't not talk about that, but let's talk about feminine energy for a second, because I know that men hear the word feminine and they think woman, or they might think weakness or softness or, you know, being a bitch or being a pushover and all these like toxic terms, but you and I both know that masculine and feminine exist in all of us. So talk about that balance for you. Like, what does that look like for you? And how does that show up as part of a well-rounded masculine energy? I think that one of the biggest things I've learned from my wife, but also from you ladies as well, just hearing the interaction you guys have, one of the things that's really helped me to understand the balance between the feminine and the masculine is the art of receiving, right? And the art of listening. Those are two things that men don't do well. We're problem solvers and we hate receiving. We're, we typically do not like to, to receive anything, whether it's a compliment, whether it's a critique, whether it's you know a gift, like we are not great at receiving. So one of the things that that's taught me is that for me to balance my feminine with my masculine in life in general, I need to be very conscious about receiving because I think that's one of the biggest, biggest feminine traits out there. And the one that shows up every single day, whether it's in a conversation or in a material gift or whatever it is, but it comes up every single day. You can't get away from it. You have to learn to receive. Even in this, you've given me some great compliments and I, and I do receive them and I'm so appreciative of them. But before it used to make me uncomfortable. So to balance that energy, if I can give guys one piece, start to focus on receiving and start to focus on listening because women and balancing your own feminine energy is not, is not going to your, you know, primordial existence of a man of problem solving, fixing, 
uh, and moving on. It's about sitting in and receiving even your own emotions and sitting in and listening to somebody else and sitting in and being this person who can actually absorb and digest instead of being somebody who just speaks and reacts, right? Like, like that has taught me more about balancing my feminine with my masculine than anything else. From there, the work becomes more intricate, but we have to start off with a base and we have to start off with a base that most men can really attach to. And that's receiving and listening. Those are two things that really are paramount in your feminine energy. And this is what you women do so, so well and this is what we as men have to realize we have to embrace. Mm, I appreciate that so much because as a female, from my perspective, my work is being able to receive, right? And be in my feminine more because women these days, and especially like the women that we run with, we're so in our masculine in our businesses, we're in the do, we're in the masculine energy. And I know for me in relationships, I have stayed in my masculine if I don't feel safe, right? If I'm not in the presence of a rooted man who is in his healthy masculine, I don't feel safe. So my protector mode comes up and I go into that masculine energy. And then you have these two masculine energies that are butting heads, right? And one of them is going to win. And it's sure as fuck is not going to be someone who doesn't make me feel comfortable. Like I'm going to win that, right? But what that, what ends up happening is it emasculates my partner, right? So part of the work I feel for men to show up in a healthy masculine energy is women being able to show up in a healthy feminine energy. And that is that art of being able to receive. So I love that you shared it in that way. And also what I'm receiving from this is not only receiving and listening from your partner or other men in your life, but also, um, listening and receiving from yourself. Right. And, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning about being super competitive is I wonder sometimes how much of that comes from this like inner critic, right. That's super negative or is really mean, like the mean guy syndrome where what are you listening and what are you receiving? Right. So are you listening to, you know, that ego that's telling you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, that's comparing you. And what are you receiving? Are you receiving proof that that's true? Or are you listening to your higher self, that grounded, rooted version of you coming back to your values of what you really want and receiving, you know, feedback from that perspective? So I would imagine that it's kind of twofold, right? It's like the outward listening and receiving from those around you, but also like the inward as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that also dives down to epigenetics, which we don't have to get into, but it's not even just about receiving. It's also about perceiving, right? Mm, so when you, so when you perceive that you're being emasculated, you've chosen that path now of the world around you. Therefore, you have to be competitive. But I want to also mention one thing is that when it comes to masculine and feminine, the reason why they butt heads is because regardless of what we believe, regardless of what we want to try to believe, in every moment between uh, in our relationships or in life, there has to be a polarity of feminine and masculine for things to be cohesive. There has to be a polarity. And so whether you're in a sexual situation in a room, regardless of whether it's the female or the male, or uh, regardless of whether you're in a conversation in the office, there is a balance of polarity between masculine and feminine. And when both are in one side, it doesn't work out very well. That's why one has to be accepting of either or. And so this is where men 
can really, and, and we can take this in the relationship conversation, but this is where men have to realize, even for boss ladies who are in their masculine, if they want to stay in their masculine in that part of the relationship, whether it's, you know, for that evening or whatever, then the man has to be in the feminine to support her and uphold that and have that safe space and not be in his masculine because she doesn't need that right then. And vice versa, the female needs to understand that as well. When the man wants to be taken care of and be in his feminine, right? then he needs to, then she needs to understand that and kind of complement that as well. It's just balancing the polarity of energy. Neither one is right or wrong. It's understanding when you can actually play those in conjunction with one another to have a cohesive environment. Mm. So let's, let's go there. Let's talk about relationships because, you know, you have like one of the most powerhouse women and that I know as your wife, she's like literally on a mission to like change the world, fucking Joan of Arc, you know, archetype, like, and you also are in your power and on a mission to change the world. So you have these two incredibly powerful energies that cohabitate and co-create this beautiful life together. So talk a little bit more about that balance between how do you show up in a healthy masculine and support a woman that's so in her zone of genius in a way that doesn't emasculate you? Like, how have you guys worked through that? Well, I think there's the first piece to that is understanding myself. So the first piece to being in that type of relationship and being able to cohesively connect and have a functioning, a healthy relationship is understanding who you are individually. Taylor and I are very independent people. You know this, when she's gone with you girls, I'm not blowing up her phone. If I call her and she doesn't answer, I just wait till I get a text message back. Sometimes it's not even till the next morning because I know you guys are doing your thing. Maybe you're having a drum circle. Maybe you guys are talking, <laughs> talking about feminine energy. Like you guys do all of this crazy. <laughs> but, but that independence, because we know who each other are, vice versa, when I'm gone, she doesn't blow me up. Like, it's, it's an easy example to use and it's just an example, but that's where the power in any relationship comes from is understanding who we are as individuals. So for me, my confidence has always been in how I show up as a man, whether it's physicality, whether it's for intellect, whether it's these other things, wisdom, like I've prided myself on a man who knows his foundation, right? And that's where my independence and confidence has always come from. So for me, as I sit in our relationship, I understand who I am and where my healthy masculine is. And so when we have the balance between masculine and feminine, it's taken me some time and I still have to work on this. So I want all the listeners to know out there, Taylor and I do not have a perfect relationship. We do have our own issues just like everybody else. The difference that we have is because we understand who we are individually, we know when we need to come back and say, wow, I really, really showed up poorly in that. I need to, number one, apologize, but I also need to sit with how I reacted and how I responded and learn, okay, how can I do better next time? And that also leads us into communication with one another. Hey, Taylor, what did I do that actually triggered you to respond that way or vice versa? Hey, Johnny, what did I do to have you respond that way? And open up about that communication, open up with that dialogue and allow that to actually help you create a better structure. And the next time things get into that same similar situation, 
hopefully you're able to tap back into that conversation, remember how it felt coming out of it, and remember the positive progress that you promised you would have in the next time this came around. So we don't have a perfect relationship. It's about knowing who we are individually. It's about learning one another. And it's about building communicatively within the relationship. Because while she sits in her power, if I know she still comes out of the office with her masculine, like I can sense that now. We've been together long enough. And I feel like we've been together lifetimes, um, not because it's painful, but because we do truly know each other so well. And energetically, we actually feel each other. So I know when she's still in her masculine. So that's when I get the opportunity to show up in my feminine. Hey, how's your day going? How, how can I best support you? Would you like me to make something for you right now? You know, these are the things that I have the opportunity to ask her and sit more in my feminine and balance the polarity in our relationship and vice versa. If she sees me in my masculine, in this driven, uh, this driven mindset, even after the day is kind of ended right around five or six o'clock or seven o'clock, then she knows to sit there and hold space for me or ask, Hey, how can I support you? Those are the things that we go through. It, it doesn't happen every time, but we at least know how and when we have the ability to balance that polarity out. So beautifully said. And, you know, I think it, you mentioned communication and and really obviously knowing yourself, but like knowing yourself first, I think obviously Mm -hmm. is the most important piece. But to me, I think communication is literally the key to life, right? Because if you can't, if your partner can't receive your message, then there's really, you're speaking two different languages, right? So I love that you, Mm -hmm. that you anchored that in. And I'm curious to know, like, do you and Taylor have any specific like rituals or um, practices that are like non-negotiables for you in your relationship so that you can continue to build on that communication and that like creating this container of evolution for each other? Um, I don't know that I would say like rituals, but we do, uh, we do kind of have more conversations around how to support one another so we can learn how to help each other progress and not hold each other back. Right. So it's how we can help each other evolve instead of holding each other back. And so I think if, if I were to say anything, it would be to open up conversations, um, within healthy environments. So when you decide to be communicative, don't do it in the heat of a moment where, where emotions may be high. It's doing it in a moment where, people where you're both relaxed. It's doing it in a moment where there's no animosity or judgment or uh, resentment going on with one another. It's doing it in those moments of peace and allowing emotions to be even keels so that you guys can intellectually help each other and communicate effectively with one another. So I would say that's more of something that I we, we put in practice. And then we also just we're very honest with each other about, you know, what it is we need from the other person. And so sometimes, especially for men, that's all not always fun because that can be around sex. That can be around support. That can be around critique that can be a constructive criticism. Like that can be around things that aren't very comfortable for us to talk about. Cause every man wants to imagine that he's a Greek God in bed and that the woman is just constantly pleasured by him and his, you know, 30 seconds of intimacy, but like, but like, truthfully, that's not the case. 
<laughs> and and so the the realistic nature of it is that guys need to realize well maybe you know I, and i bring this up because i think it's important that like maybe the woman wants something else in bed maybe the woman would like this in bed maybe you as a man would like something different in bed but that is a co communicative relationship to come around and ha have those conversations because it brings you together better and it helps you to just enjoy life more because you're starting to receive the things in life that you ask for. You're starting to receive the things in the life that are pleasurable for you, whether it's just a healthy environment in your household or whether it's a healthy sex life or whether it's, you know, constant support from one another. Like it's all these different things, but being communicative and doing it in, an, in a way that is constructive and not debilitating that's where we as you know human beings and men and fe female and feminine and masculine energy can come together and create that environment i'm so glad that you went there with a the sex piece because it's so important right and taylor and i obviously have lots of conversations about sex and all the things like not your yeah. sex life specifically but like just generally uh, speaking <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if you <laughs> Girl talk, but you know, you, you bring up a really interesting point around communication, especially when it comes to pleasure. And I think a lot of women feel shame around their bodies and men do too, obviously, like to your point, there's, again, it all comes back to that confidence piece and that peacocking and wanting to think that like, I'm the best or afraid of the conversations that girls are going to have about, you know, sex. And that's a whole, I mean, we could talk on a whole different like yeah. podcast on all of the shaming that men go through and, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that, you know, again, I'm, I'm in this space right now where I'm dating and it's really interesting to notice like the, there's layers of intimacy, right. And layers of comfort and being able to have conversations like that around pleasure and your body and what you like, I feel like that comes after establishing communication, right? And safety and trust and being able to be in a space with someone where you can feel vulnerable. And I, I don't think that that happens quickly in a relationship. And so for me, what I'm experiencing right now as I'm dating is like really wanting to actually slow down and take a step back and decide if I even want to have those conversations with this person, because are they rooted enough and able to hold space for me? Are they in the healthy masculine? And I love that you shared that because I know there are so many women that number one, are going to have a lot of permission from hearing you say that. Number two, it's really going to help them understand and kind of gauge where are some areas of opportunity in their relationship to create more connection and better communication and more safety. And with that leads to a container where they can have these conversations and their man doesn't feel triggered or doesn't feel emasculated, or if they do, at least they can talk about it. So I think that th this is such an important topic and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do a part two of this and we'll, maybe we'll bring Taylor on and we can talk about, you know, sex and intimacy and all the things. Cause you know, again, like the two of you have such a healthy um, relationship around that. And I know you guys are both really focused on growing these different areas of, of your partnership. So I love that. Yeah. Well, it's, it also is about like the level of confidence that, again, this goes back to knowing yourself, but mm -hmm. the level of confidence that the individuals have, I think you could have that conversation early on if each person is confident in who they are and their individuality and understands that, you know, I, the problem is, is most people get offended by this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And yeah. that's a lack of confidence. That's insecurity in something in them. Whatever yes. it is, whether it's their abilities, whether, whether it's how they're viewed as a man or a woman, like whatever it is, maybe it's their, their body, whatever that may be. 
but it is the level of confidence that they have in themselves. So I think that people can have this conversation early on if their confidence levels and who they are is not shaken by a conversation around this. And it might take work. It may take this, you know, kind of asking yourself like in internally, when it comes up, asking yourself, well, whoa, wow. Like, why is this starting to make me feel uncomfortable? Sex is like supposed to be fun. It's one of the features that we biologically have over every other creature is that we actually have sex for enjoyment. Like that's very different from every other creature on this planet. There's very few that do that. And so asking yourself, well, why is this uncomfortable? Why is it uncomfortable for me to ask what I want? Why is it uncomfortable for me to listen to, you know, constructive criticism or how I can be better with my spouse or with my partner? Like, why is that uncomfortable? It shouldn't be. We, 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 we want to do it in every other aspect of our life in sports and profession in our professional lives and everything else. We want to learn how to get better. Why don't we want to do it in sex? Right. You, you were never really taught sex. There's, there's books that kind of claim to be about it, but no one was ever really taught sex and sex is different for everybody else. So you need to have that open conversation and stop being offended by it and stop being insecure about it. And having that healthy conversation leads to a better sex life. So why the heck wouldn't I want to have that conversation? (laughs) Well, and, you know, again, it kind of all comes back to this common theme of healthy masculine and healthy feminine and knowing yourself and being rooted in your own work so that you can show up to your partner with that curiosity and that openness and that sense of safety and support. So I know right now there are women listening to this with like their literal like jaws on the floor going, Mm -hmm. okay, like how do I get my man to be like Johnny? Like how do I get my man to be so rooted in his masculine where we can have these conversations about sex and I can feel, you know, supported and I can drop into my feminine how can these women support their men in stepping further into their masculine and what tools and resources do you have available to invite them into that conversation? Um, I love this question and I get it so often because when we look at the the self-development world in general, that's like 3% of the people in the United States are part of it. And out of those 3%, it's per women. So I love this question. I think men are starting to wake up to the fact that they're not feeling authentic and they're feeling that their lives have been very, very much not up to expectations because they haven't been authentic with themselves. So I think there's a lot more conversation happening with this, but for women out there that really want to bring their men along for the journey and get them involved, one of the things that I always promote and that my wife did to me is psychological warfare. You know, this is what my wife did to me when we first started dating. She would put, I'd be sitting there cooking in the kitchen and she'd just throw on a podcast. Instead of throwing on the TV, she throws on a podcast and I'd be listening and like, I'd be like, oh, wow, that was something really good. Right. Like, and I was, trust me, I was this, I was like this uber masculine dude with a chip on my shoulder coming back from almost 10 years in the Middle East saying, wow, like, I'm not going to listen to any of these guys. Who are they to tell me how to be a man or how to be a better human and all these things? What have they done in their life? But all of a sudden I found myself starting to listen. Then I found myself listening to podcasts without her. Then I found myself reading books. Then I found, you know, so it was one step. It's not an overnight. Don't think that it's going to be an overnight fix. Now my wife knows me that if I'm resistant to something at first, which most men typically are, if it's not their idea, then 
maybe if she just mentions it a couple times and she doesn't have an expectation of me jumping on board right away, I'll give a good example of this Tantra, right? Like my wife and I started to get into learning more about Tantra. And for me, I was like, what the heck is this? This is just like a bunch of people having group sex. Like I'd be like messing around about it. But like in reality, I was kind of resistant to it because I was like, oh, wow, like this is this is like uncomfortable. This is like talking about your pelvic floor and how to engage sexual energy from your sex and all these things. And like it became really uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, all of a sudden she started to say this or that or say, yeah, I really want you to look into this or, hey, I'm going to put on this audio book and then I'd listen. And then we did an all day workshop on a Saturday virtual workshop and like all of a sudden I came on board. It, it takes time, but you have to be willing to allow your man to come along with you on his own terms. Men are highly resistant when you try to force them. All right. It is a procedure. It's a, it's a long game. If you even want to put it that way, I don't want to put like a negative connotation to it, but it is a long game. You have to bring them along appropriately in the sense of allowing them to come to their own decision. Men cannot be forced to do self-development work. Men cannot be forced to uh, try to look internally and introspection and say, where is it that I'm struggling? Men can't be forced to open up their emotions. It has to be allowed for them to do it on their own terms because we're taught that it's not masculine to do any of these things right? So we're having to come to grips, number one, with the foundation of, wow, this no longer is taboo for us as men. And number two, well, how can I start to slowly implement this into my life where it feels comfortable and good energetically with me? Because you're breaking years, years of conditioning is what we're breaking here. And it's having to allow men their ability to synaptically connect a different response in their own subconscious to say, wow, like, oh, that, that feels good to actually talk about this. That, that feels good to read about this. That feels good to listen to this. That feels good to open up about this. Men have to be allowed their own process with this. So for women, psychological warfare is the best way. And I, I love it. I love it. Podcasts, toss them a book. Hey, babe, I just finished this. Read this. It's a really good book cool. Like they're going to eventually pick it up and read it. It may not be that day. It may not be next week, but all of a sudden they're going to have some downtime. They'll be like, okay, she really wants me to read this. The other thing I can give women is that this is a really good one because I, I know men and I know how it affects them, but use your approval of their actions as things to entice them to do things that you like. Right? So when I say this, think of saying like, wow, babe, I really, really loved that you just held space for me. Like that felt so good. Guys want to know that they're appreciated and that what they're doing for you makes you love them and more attracted to them. Men, most men are still stuck in a boy psychology and they need that approval. And men, just like women, want validation. Like it's not something that is synonymous with just the feminine. Men want validation too. Deep down, all of them do. So saying things like, wow, babe, that was like super sexy to watch you reading that book. Like that turned me on. Or 
you know, wow, that was like really hot that you were listening to that because it, it shows me that like you're putting some time into your own mentality. Using that type of languaging, this positive reinforcement of how it's sexy, how it turns you on, how it makes you feel good, how it makes you feel safe, how it makes you feel connected to them. Using those kinds of terms with your man helps to reinforce the, the behavior of them improving themselves. And I don't want to say behavior that you desire, because I think all men need to want to improve themselves. They just don't know it yet. So giving them that language that stokes the fire of, wow, that, that really, okay, okay, she's attracted to it. Cool. That's cool. I'm going to read a book. Yeah, girl, I'm reading a book. Now I'm reading it naked. What's up? <laughs> right? Like, so like, is this really so, like now all of a sudden it you. becomes fun, right? Like it becomes fun. So that's, those are the two big things I can give women to start mm. helping to bring their men along on the journey. It's this art of invitation, right? And, and mm. this is a fine line for women, because again, that like desire to want to step into a coach archetype or a mom archetype, or even like a cheerleader archetype sometimes for women can come off as emasculating to men. Like what, you didn't think that I could do this, or you didn't believe in me, or you think I'm not good enough, or you think I'm this like lazy bum that doesn't do anything. And, you know, I've been guilty of that, of like, Hey, you should do this. And why don't you do that? And like, you should, you should, you should. And it's like, I didn't realize it at the time, but what it was doing was showing my man that I didn't have confidence in his ability. And I didn't think that he was great. And I wanted to coach him and, or I was better than him. And, and so it brings that competitive energy into a relationship. So this, this, this subtle art of invitation is that divine feminine, right. Of Mm -hmm. being open to receive, but also being nurturing and being, um, like, I think, really kind of going back to your earlier point of like doing your own work and inviting someone into that space is so powerful. And also the one thing that I would add to that is there has to be a willingness on his part as well. Like if, if he's completely resistant to it, there's literally nothing you can do as a woman to invite a man into a space unless he's willing and wanting to step into it. And I think a lot of that does come from feeling safe and feeling seen and heard from the woman. So how can you as a woman create a space for your man to feel comfortable to step into that? And those words of affirmations and that validation is such a beautiful way. Like you put it in such a beautiful way to invite a man into that conversation, right? Because every man wants to know that he's like the man, right? That goes back to that confidence thing of like, Something so simple as, like you said, like when you take the garbage out, it makes me feel so supported because blah, 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 blah. Like something as simple as that, like I've seen it happen before. And I know from your perspective too, it's just, it's everyone wants to be validated at the core. Mm -hmm. So I love that you, I love that you shared that. That was so helpful. And even for me, like I'm sitting here going like, oh, okay, I could do better. Like, that's good. Okay. Even in the dating world of just like those subtle things of showing a man that like, I appreciate when, Hey, like, I really love that you made plans for us tonight. Like, I appreciate that. It makes me feel um, excited and supported, you know, that you would do that. So let's talk about resources. Cause you have a few things that, um, and containers and ways that, um, you can support men and that, um, also you can support women in supporting their men. So talk a little bit about what you're creating right now, what you're most excited about and some resources for, um, the men in this world. Yeah. Thank you for opening the door to this um, as well. I do terrible at promoting my own stuff. So I just really want to help people, but I do terrible at promoting my own stuff. Um, So one of the things that I've created that I'm really passionate about for men is men really lack a tribe. And so I created what's called the wild man experience. 
and the wild man experiences out of Corpus Christi. Uh, we have a lot of fun there, but it creates this really safe environment for many masculine things while opening up and being vulnerable and lowering their walls and having deeper conversations with other men. So the wild man experience is a, is a whole thing that's wrapped in VIP treatment. The guys are completely taken care of the whole time. They just have to be present. They don't have to think about anything. They just have to be present, but they get to have fun uh, shooting guns. This is a part of my life that I really loved. It was uh, came out of when I was in special operations. They get to shoot guns out in Texas. We teach them some special operations tactics. We're not getting anybody like these crazy proficiency or anything like that, but we allow them to experience and have fun with some of the special operations tactics we used overseas. Um, they get to shoot from a moving vehicle. They get to shoot from a helicopter, which is something that I personally was probably one of the saw as one of the funnest things in my life ever. Uh, and still to this day do as well, because I get to shoot out of it when we go and have fun, but we shoot out of a helicopter and then all wrapped in this, they're having amazing meals. We're doing hatchet throwing competitions. We're doing these bro hangout environments where guys get into these deep conversations and they're constantly being stoked uh, with deeper conversations by me asking what they're grateful for. How are they dealing with struggles in their lives? What's the biggest struggle they have? What accountability do they need? Where do they see themselves be showing up as a man? How do they see themselves showing up as a man? So we get into a lot of these deep rooted conversations that are much, much more than, you know, how's the weather? What do you think about politics? But it's a group of men. So it's not just me. All these men are opening up. All these men are exposing difficulties in their lives. All these men are exposing accomplishments and we get to support them and we get to love on them for that. So it's this beautiful environment, a balance between that masculine and that feminine so that guys can really learn how to start opening up that way in their lives. They get to take that further, but then they also realize that there's a tribe of men out there that they can continue to connect with long afterwards that is giving that space to them. That's permitting them uh, and balancing them in allowing them to have these deeper conversations. So that's one of the things that I'm doing and that we have going on. Um, we have one coming up in April. So if anybody's interested in that, they can DM me and let me know. And uh, we can get in a conversation about how to either get their men signed up for it because we have women that buy this as gifts or for any of the men that listen to this podcast um, or, some, or one of the women like promoted it to them, we can get in a conversation as well. So that's, that's out there. So good. It's so juicy. And I've watched you create this from literally the ground up. And I remember when this was just an idea and, you know, I remember you launching your very first one and seeing the men that showed up and the transformations and how this has grown and the impact that it's creating. So again, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Johnny, and the work that you're doing and your willingness to go first and, and be vulnerable and be brave and jump out of the helicopter first, right? And mm -hmm. show men that it's okay. And here I can lead the way and I can create a safe space for you to have these conversations and the ripple effect of that, of what these men will then go out and do in their communities, for their families, for their children, for different generations. It's so important, right? Because mm -hmm. this isn't just about a rah-rah fun weekend, right? This is literally about changing generational dynamics of the way men show up and women, and then how you parent. I mean, we didn't even get into 
talking about like your role as a caregiver for your niece and you know your future children we could talk we, we're gonna have to have a part two and bring taylor on for sure i already know that but Absolutely. like i just really for those women that are listening that are like wow i wish that my man would show up this way i can tell you from firsthand experience because i've watched not only you johnny go through this own experience of you walking your talk and doing your own work but i've seen the men that have gone to these events and what they've gone on to do so for the ladies that are listening if you're feeling the nudge like slide into johnny's dms have conversations with him you can talk to taylor his beautiful wife and um you know like get your man there because it's such a beautiful container and i just i fucking love you i love the work that you're doing i'm so grateful for you in my life because you mirror to me what my king looks like and it's fucking awesome i can't wait for him to come into my life and be your bestie um so thank you and so okay so if if men and or women want more information what's the best way for them to get it is it to dm you or is there a website they can go to yeah they can dm me at johnny.lsasser and that's e-l-s-a-s-s-e-r dm me on ig um, you can also email me. It's johnny at johnnylsasser.com. I'll respond and, and we can start that conversation if you feel better doing it that way. But yeah, just reaching out and uh, letting me know that you're interested. I fucking love you, man. <laughs> I love you too. Marissa. I love this episode. Like we could talk all day. So guys, please, if you love, love, love this episode as much as I do, I think that honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is my favorite conversation so far. And this Aww. is This is like almost 90 episodes in and this has by far been my favorite conversation. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your gifts with my community and my tribe guys. If you love this episode, share it, tag a woman, tag a man, send it to a brother, send it to a sister, follow Johnny. And last question. And I want you, I want you to go ham on this one. Okay. (laughs) Go ham on this one. What are you celebrating right now? Oh my God. You know, so many things. Um, but what I'm celebrating right now is this evolution in life, both in my own psychology and my own understanding of who I am and how, uh, Taylor and I are moving forward as a couple. I think that, you know, these conversations we've had and the communication that we've continued to cultivate has really helped us to open up just a beautiful marriage. And, um, just even number one in how we speak with one another and how we balance one another to also our sex life and how we've started to have more conversations around that and what could be fun and what we could implement and things like that. So I really am just, I'm, I'm so excited about that. And then also just the fact that part of that transition is, is Taylor and I buying this new house and being able to create this life in a new environment and just kind of, it's almost like a, it's, it's a bookmark into a new season. And I think just embracing this new season for what it is and helping men as much as I am, it's just, it's, it's so humbling to me, but it's so empowering to know that, you know, men are looking for this support and it makes me feel just, it makes me feel so good inside to know that there are so many men out there that are now looking down this road saying, I want to start this journey and I need help but I want to start the journey because that's where it all starts. That's how men get better. That's how women see a positive masculinity in this world. That's how children grow up to have a healthy version of positive, positive masculinity, both girls and boys. Like that's where everything starts is with us now as adults to say, Hey, we're willing to go on this journey. So I'm just excited about all of these things that are just in my life right now and how it's starting to show up because you can never predict 
how it will show up in your life. You can only put it out to the universe and you can continue to uh, pursue your vision and then just let it happen. Because just like what's happened for you and what I've seen happen for Taylor, it's never been about we set the expectation and the expectation happens. It's been about pursuing our passion and our purpose and allowing the universe to come into our lives as it sees fit and how it wants to show us that it's supporting us. Mm, mic drop. <laughs> yes to all of that. Yes, 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 yes. So beautifully said. I'm celebrating you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times over for being here. And you guys, please go follow Johnny, share this episode. And until the next one, live your boldly courageous life. Bye guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.